How you doing, Venue? If you're joining us online, we love you too, but these folks here, man, I'm telling you. Um, I'm, I'm closing my sermon series called The Tribe. Have you been enjoying this? Series about the tribe, about doing life with the people that God wants you to do life with. In a sermon I've called A Failure in Miracles, you don't, see in the world you don't think of failure as being connected to possible miracles. But in the supernatural, it doesn't work the way that you think that it works, and that's probably a good thing. You can't think your way out of some things. But you do need a miracle. I don't know what you came in here with, but I feel like somebody's come in here with a burden or an addiction or a relationship that's fallen apart. And I just want to tell you that there's power in the name of Jesus. And what you came in with, you don't have to go out with. There's still healing. There's still power. And don't ever think that you've been hurt too much to be healed by Jesus. You're, you've been hurt. Listen, I've been hurt. I've been betrayed. We've all been hurt. But there's more power in the name of Jesus than in anything that could be done to you. We're going to tap into the supernatural today. Hey, um, speaking of the supernatural, there's no first Wednesday uh, this week. It's normally a night of like, you know, if you, if you think that this is kind of like wild, if you come from a very quiet church background. Sometimes people ask me, you know, like, are you like traditional? And I'm like, sort of. I'll say anything to get somebody to church. Um, but I'll tell you, First Wednesdays are a time of like praise and worship and prophetic ministry and a teaching moment. It's kind of like behind the scenes a little bit. Um, but we're not doing that. <laughs> I'll have to say we're not doing that this Wednesday. Uh, February the 16th, you need to come and, and bring a friend to our actual grand opening on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. I have pastor friends from all over the country coming in. And Pastor Nate, we're flying him in from Minneapolis. Uh, he's like my buddy, my guy. And so, um, and Pastor Peter, his pastor is actually my pastor. And so we, we can't wait to share all of that with you. And God is going to do something for the city that night when we meet together here. Um, I am preaching a sermon series next called Holy Habits. And uh, just bring your teenager. Um, holy habits, things are like conduct and things like connection and and when you have the right habits, you know, successful people do persistently what uh, unsuccessful people do occasionally. And if we just get our habits right, they're not a big thing. It don't feel like big things, but when you add a good habit to another good habit, then your life is... I'm going to be talking today about the connection between failure and the supernatural, but also the connection between the natural and the supernatural. And that what you do in the natural can be a bridge to the supernatural for you or for somebody, or it can be a roadblock. And so, um, but I'm going to be preaching about the life of Daniel, so there might, might be lions involved, so you're going to like it. Um, now listen, we, um, we tend to take, take credit. I think that if, if you live in the tribe of God, and if you're a son or daughter of God, and look, if you're not, we can fix that today. For free. Um, <laughs> come on, somebody. But if you're a son or daughter of God, you live in more miracles than you realize. And I pray that as God opens your eyes to the miracles that you live in already, that then uh, we'd be able to tap into that for your neighbor who really needs a miracle. Now, it's not like God is not performing miracles in the world, you know. Some of you are going to look back on your lives, um, particularly the guys, and like the fact that you're not dead is a pretty big deal. And you're like, it's because I'm smart. And no, I was... Um, I'm too quick to take credit for straight up miracles. I am. I'm telling you. Like, okay, so I got like a Ducati last uh, winter because I was tired of COVID rules and stuff. And I'm just like, I just need to break rules. So, 
If we haven't met and you're new, I'm Pastor Corey, and this, this is normal here. Um, and I just needed something that I could, you know, feel a little bit free doing. And so I, I, I bought a Ducati last winter. The trouble is I couldn't ride it except for, you know, when the weather would turn nice. And, but but uh, so I took it out. It was like five degrees, I think, the day that I took it out. And I kind of wanted to see, like, if you have a Ducati, if you have a Harley, it doesn't matter. You know, like, you got to... If you have a Ducati, you want to see how fast it goes. If you have a Harley, you clean off the back of your uh, helmet for the bugs that catch up with you. Now, <laughs> Emil told me that one. I thought that was funny. Um, so I took it out one day. I want to see what it would do. And it's, you know, it's like a, it's kind of like a sport touring, but more on the sports side. It's got about 150 horse and it's quick. And I, I took it out and I'm not going to tell you because you'd stop coming to church and but I like took it out and I, I, I got it going. And then I come up over a sloping hill and there's a U-Haul truck in front of me driven by like, you know, I assume a hundred year old grandma or something. Like I'm, the speed difference, I don't even want to tell you what the difference was. But when the difference is great, you have about a 10th of a second in that moment to make a decision. And I had three decisions to make and none of them were great. So my first decision is, do I just jam everything up and hope for the best? Well, that's tricky at speed. My next one was like, I could just pass, but then Farmer Joe is driving his three-quarter ton pickup the other way, super slow. This is all happening very quickly because guys are intelligent. That's how fast our brains work. Adrenaline helps. And my third thing was my least favorite, and that's like, do I just split it and go between them? But that's got its own problems, you know, like, do I hit this guy or this guy or this guy or hit them both? You know, I mean, that's... And I remember it, it just, I kind of did a, a compilation of all three and then this guy passed and I went out. You know, the temptation after that is to be like, I'm really good at riding motorcycles. <laughs> and the angels of God are like, are you serious? That's your conclusion? Like if a gopher walks across the road, you're dead. If a this have, you're dead. You're... <laughs> I am somebody, somebody got a two-year-old Corey in your house and it is our job to keep our angels in shape. Man, they are exercised every day. My guardian angels, by the time I was two, was stronger than all of my kids' guardian angels put together by the time they're this age. Because they just don't think, you know, girls don't wake up in the middle of the night and invent ways to destroy themselves. They're not like, you know what we should do? We should build a jump to the moon and take our bikes off it, you know? Yeah, you know what would be fun? Yeah, we should do that. You know, we used to shoot arrows straight up in the air and dare each other to stand there until they came down. And whoever chickened out and ran for cover was a coward. And I feel like my angels, you know, you can take credit when you barely escape or when God pours a blessing and you can take credit for it. And God's angels are more often than not just like, okay, I'm going to dial nine and one. And when you do the stupid thing, I'm going to call the other one. And come on, dad, you got to come down here because... He broke himself again, you know? And I feel like you look back in your life, even in the miracles you experienced this week, and I think that a lot of them passed you by because you forgot that they were miracles. I'm gonna show you how living in the tribe brings like almost daily miracles. Now here's the deal, God does miracles out there, but miracles when they happen in the tribe and you're connected the way God wants you to connect, they start piling on top of each other and you get to keep them not lose them you know some people they go through a miracle and then uh, two years later they don't believe in god anymore and i'm like are you serious like just remember that prayer that you prayed remember that baby that you had remember i mean some of you are, are products of it. just the fact that you're married is a miracle man god blinded her in the dating period 
to all the stupid stuff in your head. And she's like, he's actually quite brilliant. And the, the angels are like, what? Thanks, son. You take showers now. But back then, you were more of a cologne man. There's some... <laughs> I bring my tithe or my 10% to the house of God, and my cars don't break down as much as other people's cars do. And then I'm like, I'm great at buying vehicles. And the angels of God are like, are you serious? <sighs> the, supernatural is, it's, the supernatural is connected to the natural in ways that are, like, well, supernatural. Don't act like you know how miracles work. You don't even know. You, don't, you have no idea what's connecting and what God uses in your life to create something supernatural. You know, there was something I, I got a, can I read you a, a Facebook post that, that my, my cousin Carla's, one of her sons, she has, uh, she has six kids. Her son posted on a picture that I uh, posted, I think of our worship experience or something. And his name is Michael. He said, I need to make a visit to your church one day. It's been years. I'm Carla Cope, my, on the Cope side, Kilbreath, that, that's his dad's name. I'm her son. I met the Lord, he says, in New Zealand a couple of years back. Listen, now the Copes have been hard against God for a long time. I mean, this is the family that you're just like, except for, except for today. I met the Lord in New Zealand a couple of years back, and he brought so much understanding to my life and the loss of my mom. God bless. What you don't know about that story is that just a few years ago, um, six kids, and Carla didn't wake up one morning, and one of her kids found her. And we were praying for a miracle in the family, and we were praying, and we were praying, and I had a chance to share with her brother, Kelly, at a family reunion. He, he hadn't slept in the week since the funeral, and he comes, and he's messed up. You know, you're, you're, you exist for that time in a person's life when everything is just... And I remember, and I see him across the table, and he's just, like, haunted by this thing. He looks around, and he's like, I don't think anybody here knows why they're here except for you. All the preaching in the world won't open the door for that, but I remember taking him out and sharing Jesus with him. And you don't know what else is happening. This, we were asking God for a miracle in the family. Lord, use this tragedy to bring the family. And then I hear about this on Friday morning. I'm like, and I, like, I start crying. Like, I'm not a crier. Anybody here not a crier? I'm not, like, normally a crier. There's not, like, tissues around me. And, and I'm like, Aaron, Aaron. And the kids, you, you got to see this. You got to read this. They come in to read it, and then Arwen tries to talk to me, and I'm sitting there. I forgot that I was crying. Why would I invite somebody into the room while I'm crying? And Arwen's asking me questions, and I'm like, I'm just trying to eat eggs and cry. Could you just come back? Come back when I have it together. You know what I did the night before, though? A friend of mine's experiencing some trouble in his church, and some people are trying to, you know, sheep get a little bitey sometimes. And You know why we don't deal with Christian people problems here much? Because the mission matters too much. But, you know, sometimes sheep bite, and he's dealing with some issues in his church right on the edge of a building project that's going to turn that city over to Christ. I know it. And I talk to him, and the next day I'm just like, I'm just going to go Thursday night. I'm just going to go and see him. I'm just going to drive to where he is. It's a ways away. I'm just going to drive there and love him and bless him. You know, what, you know what else you did? We wrote a check here for their building fund. And we're just like, I don't care what's coming against you. But we're going to let you know that when God turns that city over, we want in on that harvest venue, church. You're going to meet somebody from that city in heaven that's going to be like, that gift bought the chair that I sat on when I gave my life to Jesus. You don't know how miracles work. You don't know how they're connected. Why did I 
get to partake in a miracle that had happened two years before, the night after I had gone and sacrificed something. You're saying, well, that couldn't have caused it because it's happened before in time. Don't act like you know how miracles work. The people that Abraham and his faith, you know what Abraham's faith, you know what faith saved him? Faith in the Christ who was to come. Well, what do you mean? He was Jesus and wasn't even there. It, it's still faith in the Christ who was to come. Don't act like something you do in the natural doesn't affect something way over here. You don't know how miracles work. But the natural is the gateway to or the roadblock to something supernatural happening. You know what? There's miracles in the tribe. You, you want to, my pastor Peter Haas, he, he uh, shared in a sermon this week. You should listen to it. Substance Church is really good. He said this, the mere presence of like your tribe, your people, the people God has called you to, the mere presence of your tribe lowers your blood pressure and reduces arterial buildup. That means you can eat whatever you want to. No, that doesn't mean that. Pastor Ann's not here. I can, don't, don't tell her. Is she here? Oh my goodness. No, that's not good. You want to hear another Ducati moment? <laughs> Darn it. it was... So anyways, so I pull up beside some punk kids in a Subaru. And they're like revving their engine at me. And I'm like, not today, Satan. So I'm like. <laughs> and so we get off the line and we start, we start off the line. But I'm like, I give it a little bit too much. And my front tire starts lifting off. Then I remember Katie sitting behind me. And I'm like, don't tell mom, don't tell mom, don't tell mom, don't tell mom. <laughs> That's a miracle. Because she probably is just hearing about it right now. She can't kill me in public. So thank you, Venue Church, for protection. There's protection in the tribe. You want to know what else Pastor Peter said? Hey, my angels, you got to keep them in shape, guys. You know what? Being a part of your tribe and the people God has called you to actually doubles your chances of surviving breast cancer and leukemia. Now, if there was a drug out there that could do that, do you think the world would, like, be into it? And maybe there are some things out there that are just learning now that the church of God might be the experts in some things. And the house of God might be. Doubles your chances? Did you know that if you're socially isolated, now here's the deal. Church leaders were begging the government not to call it social isolation. Now I get that COVID was a thing and that it was a pandemic and that it killed people. I get it. But they begged them, don't call it social isolation. Because the socially isolated, you... Two to three times the chance of not getting to your life expectancy. Shorter life. Two to three times X the chance of, of living a shorter life if you are socially isolated. Here's another thing. Did you know that if you're socially isolated, you are four times, studies are showing right now, that you are four times more likely to catch the common cold if you're socially isolated. We're like, wait a minute. I thought that friends gave friends COVID. Friends, church friends, listen, listen. That's kind of funny. Friends, the tribe unlocks your immunity so that what's trying to get in is weaker than what's being built up. Stress, isolation, it, it actually shuts your immunity down. It actually makes you more... These are things that God knew. These are things that when he commands you, like, hey, don't, don't forsake the assembling together of believers. You know what else shuts your immunity down? Getting crazy. I was going to leave that one there. You know what he said? You weren't born, Pastor Peter said, you weren't born in an egg. You're physi physiologically connected to each other. You can't stop a virus. You're not a computer. You can't just unplug from the wall and stop a virus. There is something else that God 
knows that God is building. Now, listen, Ben, I'm not saying this because I'm mad at whatever and whatever. I hate rules anyways. So, like, I hate rules that make sense. That's how bad it is. I'm not saying anything about that. I am saying that the, the city needs us to get the tribe right because they need the benefits of the tribe. They need to, to walk in daily miracles like we walk in. <laughs> Local pastor wants people to catch COVID. No, I don't want you to catch COVID. That's why I want you in church. Four times. Listen, God chooses your tribe. God chooses where he places. He says, God sets the members in the body. So, so I think if, if you're new to Vinny Church, well, how I would say, how I would approach um, finding a church family is praying really hard and going where God tells you to go and staying there. Because, because if he's going to try to bring you into a tribe and kind of mold you and set you in the tribe, it's going to feel a little bit off for you. Because it's like, people and maybe God wants this other life for you and you're going in this direction and he's like I want you to go in this direction it's going to feel a little awkward but don't treat it like a grocery store that has fresher produce you know like we have a better looking worship team you know I mean anybody's better looking than Layden in some other church <laughs> if that's why you go to church no it's not that it's like God chooses it's like we we're having a, a small group is Lee in the house Lee and Tammy, we have a small group where it's like the young, young adults, it's, it's the small group I'm leading right now with these guys, Lee and Tammy, and, and I don't even know, I can see either, and, um, and Chad and Nicole, and what we did was we put the young adults together, we just skipped over the millennials, who I love, participation badges, and we, I do, hey, the millennials knocked it out of the park and built this church, by the way, so, so, but I gotta say, but there's still the theory generation, and we skipped right over into the 40s where we live, and we're like, oh, sweetheart, that didn't work. I'm like, oh my goodness. And so it's an interesting, but you know, we're talking there, you gotta think about it, like, because um, uh, Lee brought up something about arranged marriages or something, and I'm like, if you are a daughter of teenagers, you are a full believer in arranged marriages. Say amen, Benny Church, and if you're a teenager, shut up, nobody cares what you think. No, you gotta think about it like an arranged marriage. I'm like, let's bring back arranged marriages. I have four daughters. You got to think about it. It's family. It's family. You got to go where God tells you to go because he knows where you belong and he'll, he'll set the members in the body. There are some, some things in the natural that you have to do to unlock the supernatural aspects of your tribe. Are you ready? The first thing you have to do is overcome your social anxiety. You have to overcome something inside of yourself that keeps you out of that. Overcome your social anxiety. The scriptures say this, and I'm going to hurt your feelings. He who isolates himself... She who isolates herself, let's include the ladies, seeks their own desire. Yeah, no, no, you're saying like, no, but I'm, I'm just trying to protect myself. And God's like, you're trapping yourself. You're not protecting yourself when you isolate. You're seeking, I'm doing it to, ready? Keep my neighbor safe. And God is like, no, you're being selfish. You don't have your neighbor's best interest in mind when you're isolating yourself. Not the way that this is talking about. He who isolates himself. You have to overcome your social anxiety. You have to overcome your... It's difficult going to a group of people. Like going to a small group for the first time. That's why we give you name tags. Because it's like kindergarten. <laughs> Where it's like, hey man, like it's all awkward and we like it. But after a while you learn to lean into the awkward. And you learn to lean into the discomfort. Because that's where the blessing and the miracle happens. And we try to get you over your barriers of your social anxieties. So... So that you get the miracle in the end. You know, I think, 
You just need to be in a sheep pen with a bunch of sheep that bump into each other and bite each other sometimes and eat a bunch of dirt. Because there's a lot of sanitized kids right now that are going to be sick with everything under the sun because they didn't eat the dirt that I ate when I was a kid. Is that scientific? I don't know. I just don't get sick a lot, guys. There's something that, that is good for you in the body of Christ. Maybe you're in the body of Christ. Maybe you're in your small group so that you can learn how to forgive. So you can look more like Jesus. So you know how to forgive your neighbors. So you don't miss the opportunity of a lifetime of all eternity when you have that one day and that one conversation with them. You don't know. You don't, don't act like you know how miracles work. You know, there's a, a story from the, the, the Dream Center that I, that I heard in, uh, in California. So it's a place where they get people off of drugs and you get to come and live for free. And it's powerful. You know, it's a Christian organization. They're like, our, play, our playbook is not super complicated. It's Jesus and more Jesus. Like, people need Jesus. Like, we have to tap into the supernatural here. And, uh, and somebody got together with the pastor because she was having a nervous breakdown. Now, this is not, not the group in, in, you know, recovering addict. This is just a person, like, I think a high-level person. She was having a nervous breakdown. You know what he said to her? He said, why don't you bake cookies and bring it to some of these people? And then a week later, he was supposed to get together with her, and she missed the appointment. And a week later, she missed the appointment. And three weeks later, I think it was, he saw her at church. And, she, and he says, how are you doing? How are you doing with that thing that we were talking about? And she says, you know what? I made cookies, and then I decided I, need, I, I had to make more cookies because there were more than I just. She goes, I've made so many cookies, I forgot to have a nervous breakdown. Wow. You're here to connect with God and connect with people, and you can't connect with God and connect with people until you connect somebody else with God and people. And some of us, we have, more, we have way too much time for stress because what we're not doing is alleviating stress in somebody else. And when you start serving, it unlocks happiness inside of you. It turns on things in your body that make you happy. You want to be happy? Serve more. Um, number two, you ready? You got to overcome your social anxiety. Number two, you got to adjust to other fish in the tank. Because when it's just you, you get weird. And then by the time you talk to somebody like me, you, I mean, you are not Moses coming down the mountain with the tablets written in stone. And some of y'all are writing stuff in stone, and I'm like, that's crazy stone writing. Like, that's not... I don't know how you got read that scripture and that's what you're doing based on your interpretation. I'm like, you're, you're not Moses. Well, you have to understand, like, adjusting to other fish in the tank is good for you. I mean, like, if, if, you, have, uh, if you only have, like, one child, they get weird. So you, like, need Sunday school. You need venue kids and you need kids groups. And you need, like, they need to learn to adjust because they're, you know... I want to say so much about that. It's good when you're not the only fish in the tank, and it's good when you're not the biggest fish in the tank, too. Really good for your soul. Say amen, venue church. Now, the third thing, you've got to unlock gratefulness so God can unlock you. You know what a phrase that you need to learn? First of all, the sense that I need to know everything is just called insecurity. Right? I remember one time I kind of made fun of my dad for not... My dad says, well, why are you so insecure? Like, I wish I, I wish I grew up in your home. Your dad sounds super legit. I'm like, yeah, and then he said stuff like that. Like, why are you so secure? You're insecure. And I got thinking about it. I'm like, why am I so insecure? I don't need to be like that. And uh, it's just this thing that, here's a phrase that will unlock it for you. I'm learning to say this more and more. When my daughter says something, I say, I start saying, wow, I never would have thought of that. It produces gratefulness for her. And the gift that God put in her, I get too. And I'm like, I'm, wow. 
your brain works differently than mine. I'm, I'm glad you, I never would have thought of it like that. Can you do that at work or is it all like job security and you're just trying to like be the number one? Why don't we just say to an employee who comes up with a better idea than you just like, wow, that was great. I'm gonna steal that, but that was great. <laughs> NASA Gibson one time, she, she was trying to get everybody to watch a show for like a year. And then I watched the show one time and I got everybody to watch that show in a week. And she's like, why? I'm like, that was a great idea, wow. <laughs> you ready? Number four, stay, most important point, stay when you fail. Stay when you fail. If you stay, you get it all. Stay when you fail. You don't think, because Canadian culture doesn't teach this, but God does. God actually, you ready? God uses failure to teach and connect. The enemy uses failure to isolate. What do you mean connect? Pastor Craig Rochelle, I mean, it's a terrific quote, says, you might impress people with your strength, but you connect in your weakness. What do you mean? Vulnerability. You connect when you admit you're weak. But some people, they just never admit they're weak. Nobody can connect with that. Just admit that you're weak and that you need and that it's okay and that you failed. But if you fail, stay. Stay, just stay. If you stay, you get it all in the end. If you leave, you lose it all in the end. I mean, just stay in the family. Just stay and work it out. Just stay in. Don't kick your chair back and get weird and go and. We had an elder in my dad's church. His son was like off the rails and uh, one of the elder, other elders asked, asked him like, hey, how's your son doing? He goes, fine. Church people now, it's like, is he though? I guess I can't pray for that then. Jesus said uh, to, the fair, to the religious leaders, he's like, I came to heal the sick, but y'all don't think you're sick, so... I could go off in different directions. Hey, listen, some earthly organizations actually get the tribe part right, but they miss the supernatural. And the church of the living God is the only one with God. I feel like this is a new concept to some of you because it was super quiet. Like, oh, we have something that the world can't have unless they come here. Unless they tap into the church with a big C somewhere, because the church is the outpouring of the glory of God. The church, wherever the church is, life gets better. Wherever the church is, sickness goes down. Wherever the church is, women and children are treated better. Wherever the church of the living God is, God is redeeming. Now, all the marriage counseling and financial management and parenting courses and addiction programs in the world won't matter if we don't tap them into the supernatural. There is too much hurt and pain and the power of the flesh out there that if we don't tap people into the supernatural, listen, we have support groups here, but they always have scripture and prayer because we have to tap into the supernatural, not just sit around and talk about how like we can get better at behavior. Now here's the deal. You got to get better at your behavior because it's the bridge or the roadblock to the supernatural is the invitation to, or the roadblock to the supernatural. But you and I, we have to understand you don't bring a knife to a gunfight and working on your behaviors is great, but it's, it's not the supernatural. You know, Indiana Jones, you remember that when the guy's in the bazaar and he's like, do the sword thing and he just like pulls his gun out and shoots him from across the thing? 
That's what it's like when you're working on behaviors, but there's a spiritual problem that God wants to fix in the tribe that can actually identify it. The anointed people of God can identify the actual reason why you keep going back to the thing and deal with it so that all the behavior stuff closes the door to it and God removes it through his authority and through his power that nobody else can do for you. And then here's the deal. And then the abuse that happened to you when you were a child, God actually turns it around, makes you strong in spite of it and saves a bunch of people because he can from the very thing that happened to you. And you get to the end of your life and you don't regret the pain anymore because God made you so much better because of it. This is supernatural. Nobody else can do that. Matthew 14. Immediately after this, Jesus insists that his disciples get into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. So he'd just been doing like a whole bunch of ministry and he sends his disciples out into the place where they don't know they're headed, but they're going right into the middle of a storm. Now somebody here is finding themselves, some, some of you are in a storm of your own making. And if you just like stop going in that direction, the pain stops. Others of us though are in a storm that God designed. What do you mean God made somebody sin? No, 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 God doesn't sin or tempt people to sin. No, but he has it there to do something in you in spite of what the enemy is doing. And he sends these poor guys out into this boat. And he's like, hey guys, sail right there. Uh, after sending them home, he went to the hills to pray. Meanwhile, the disciples were ready in trouble, far away from land. Now, it should be noted that unless you're with your tribe, you don't get very far from land anyways. You know, you're just like 50 feet from shore if you got you, yourself in a canoe. And the enemy's like, wow, look at you. You're so far out here. You know, it's like Nacho Libre. Have you seen that Jack Black movie? And he's like, how did you find me in the wilderness? And they're like, well, we saw you from the town. And these kids are like waving at him, you know, like 50 feet away. Like, hey, you haven't seen that show? You should. This is ridiculous. You know, it's this idea like you can't even get into the deep without a tribe. You can't even get that far without a tribe. And you're going to need some help bailing the boat out of water. Your little biceps laden aren't going to do it. Your little chicken arms. Now, now, they were in trouble far away from land. A strong wind had arisen and they were fighting heavy waves. Now, these are like one third of that boat is professional fishermen. And when professional fishermen are like, we're going to die, you got a problem. We were in a, in, the last time we ever tented as a family and ever will. Well, me in a tent with five girls, like, that's a bad idea. Stepping on hairbrushes and, ah! So, you're like, what a terrible parent. <laughs> Fair enough, but. Um, so we were in a tent, and it's like, it's raining and thunder and lightning, and it's, it looks like somebody has a camera flash inside our tent, going, doo -doo, doo -doo, doo -doo, and Katie pipes out, like, Dad, are we going to die? If anything, I'm honest. And I'm like, we might. Tonight might be the night, sweetie. Like, I'm not going to get your soul right with God, you know. <laughs> and these guys are like, we're going to die. We, we're going to die tonight. About three in the morning. Somebody this week had a three in the morning. Pastor Aaron and I in our marriage, we had like five years of three in the mornings. At three in the morning, you're like, in the, I'm in a storm in the middle of the night. Watch what happens. Three in the morning. Jesus came toward them walking on the water. Now listen, Matthew, because he had a wave in his face, didn't write what Mark wrote. And Mark was Peter's disciple. And Peter's like, you have to write this in there in the gospel of Mark. He intended to pass us by. Hey, at three in the morning, that's a tough one. He intended, he was just walking past us. I know everything, when your boat is filling up with water, everything in you is like, why are you passing me 
but there's something that's incredibly powerful that I'm going to show you at the end that has to happen. Why are you passing me by? You know what's going on. Why are you passing me by? Sometimes you get angry at Jesus because he's not afraid. Like you are. That's why you need the tribe, because people aren't in your pain pocket, and they're not afraid like you're afraid in that moment. And they have faith, and you can borrow their faith, and they can be like, hey, this is not going to knock you down, because it'd have to knock me down, too, and I'm here. And I ain't going anywhere, you know? And this intending to pass them by. I think he was just out surfing. With Poseidon or whatever. You know, just like, let's do this. Woo! Hey, a few chapters before, he's in the boat that's filling with water, and he's sound asleep. And he's just like, man, this is relaxing. This is great, man. I'm in a hot tub. Just... And his disciples are like, we're going to die. Jeez, don't you care about us? Don't get mad when God sends somebody who's calm to you because they're calm and they're not panicky and angry. Hey, when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, I need a Holy Ghost. It's a new song we're going to do in a couple of weeks. Yeah, anyways, they look like, it's a ghost, because you can't see clearly when the storm's in your face, by the way. Also, um, people in pain, our brains don't work when we're in pain. That's why you need your tribe. Your brain shuts down when you're in pain. Like, it does not think straight. That's why the conclusions that you came to about why your husband is the Antichrist, you're just in pain, man. You need some girlfriends in the church who'll be like, it's okay, sweetheart, we're praying. Here's a couple things for you to work on, too, I'm just saying. See, is he allowed to do this? I live with five women. I'm allowed to do anything not afraid of you guys on the stage okay i can sleep on the couch i got a comfy couch okay but jesus spoke to them don't be afraid he said take courage then he says this i am here you know where he's not back on the shore hey it's a storm i know it's bad i know you're both filling up with water but i'm here relax i am where he's with the tribe he's with his guys he's with his he's there where he sent you and Peter called out to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on water. I'd have been like, Lord, if it's you, tell me to stay. <laughs> you ever think about that, Peter? He's just not the sharpest guy. <laughs> Lord, if it's you, tell me to walk on water. All the other guys are like, I am leaving the boat. Listen, listen, listen. There's something about Peter, though. He's still like, Lord, if it's you, I want to come out there. I want to share and I want to. And all the other disciples are trying to mitigate failure. Listen, none of the other disciples failed, but none of them walked on water either. I said none of the disciples failed that night, but none of them walked on water except for Peter. I'd rather sink than stay. I'd rather try it and see what happens than stay where I think it's safe. Yes, Jesus like, yeah, I'm Jesus, so I guess now you got to come. So he went over the side of the boat, walked on water. When, when he saw the strong waves, uh, the wind and waves, he was terrified, began to sink. You know, I wonder if one of, his, if one of his bros didn't go out there and be like, hey, just keep looking at Jesus. Maybe if he had had one of his guys step out and have a little bit of courage, they could be like, hey, just keep looking up. <laughs> he started to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith. Why'd you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. I love how Jesus is just like, and storm off. Like, I'm really enjoying this, but, oh, the kids are upset. Oh, click. Watch. That wasn't the main point of this story. After they crossed the lake, they landed at Gennesaret. There's an after to your storm that you have no idea about yet. The storm's not the point, the storm's just the path. After, after, you know what keeps you in the boat with the tribe instead of like freaking out and trying to swim back to shore? If you stay in the boat, 
It's still going on the mission. And that's where Jesus is going. Watch. They landed at Gennesaret. When people recognized Jesus, the news of his arrival spread quickly throughout the whole area. Soon people brought all, this, all their sick to be healed. Are you ready? They begged him. Remember last week's sermon when the Holy Spirit told me to tell you? It wasn't in my notes. The woman who pressed through the crowd. She had a condition for a long time. She pressed through the crowd when she should have been yelling unclean and staying at home. She pressed through the crowd just to grab the hem of his robe and she was the only one who was healed right then. And he's like, I felt power go out from me. And his disciples are like, everybody touched you. And power went out. He's like, yeah, somebody pulled it out. Watch this. They begged him to let the sick, this is chapters later, touch at least the fringe of his robe and all who touched him were healed. If you push through, you get the supernatural and you throw somebody else the path to get through the storm. Now, here's the deal. Here's our part on the natural. Here's what we don't like when Jesus is intending to walk us by in the storm. He doesn't get in your boat if you're not with the tribe. But then there's sometimes when the tribe has to call out and say, don't pass me by. We need you. We are not entitled to salvation in this storm. We need you. And my brother here needs you because he's got a family at home. And the crowd that we're going to needs you to get in this boat so that we can make sure that we're going where you're going. We need you. He still does miracles. He will do what he says for he is the same God now as he's always been. That's the power. But the thing is you got to say the name. 